Hello and welcome to Local Matters. I'm your host, Buddy Pearson, and on this podcast, Education Matters. My guest this week was recently named the Elementary School Teacher of the Year for the Putnam County School District. Alicia Cade is a fourth grade teacher at All Good Elementary. Alicia, welcome to Local Matters, and congratulations. Thank you. Yay, I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you for having me. No, no problem. So you were the All Good Elementary School Teacher of the Year, then you went through this rigorous process of becoming the Putnam County School System Elementary Teacher of the Year. Uh, what was that process like? Um, it was uh, a lot of work, but it was um, a lot of fun to get the questions and see what it was that you know they wanted to know. Um, I enjoyed writing um, my answers to the questions and just getting to be in that position of talking about my leadership roles. And it allowed me to have a lot of reflection time um, uh, over the years of becoming a teacher and what that looks like and how much I've grown as a teacher. And I got to reflect on that throughout the writing process. And the interview uh, was so sweet. I enjoyed getting to come and um, speak with my district and share my heart on some matters that are important to me. So, And then... The prize patrol got to come on pajama day and it surprised you. And that was even better. Yeah, it was great. I was like, oh, we're all in our pajamas. But it was wonderful. It's just all in the spirit of elementary school. So anybody's welcome in my classroom anytime, regular clothes or pajama day. Oh, pajamas, any day. Yeah, that's awesome. So now you go on to the region. And has anybody explained kind of what that process looks like? Not yet. So yeah. I'm excited to know what that looks like. Okay. Yeah. And then, well, we just had a teacher of the year uh, for the state of Tennessee, named from Putnam County, and Tina Francis Hodges from Jerry Whitson. Okay. So she was named the Teacher of the Year. So we know uh, that we have people from Putnam County who, you know, are good candidates when it comes yeah. to these things. So obviously yeah. you're a great candidate too. Well, tell us a little bit about how you got into education. Uh, what's your background? Uh, my background is I was just a little country girl, grew up in Sparta, Tennessee, not but far from here mm-hmm. and um, always knew in my heart that I wanted to be a teacher. I would line up my little stuffed animals. I would write on my mirror. We'd have <laughs> conversations and talk and I'd love on them. And I, I always looked at my elementary school teachers and just loved them with such admiration. And I just knew mm-hmm. that that is a path that I wanted to go. And I never thought of anything else. And so the only time I ever considered probably not being a teacher was just the the safety concerns that started in our culture a few years uh, ago. My dad was like, no, don't be a teacher. But I was like, no, I have to. Yeah. This is my calling, Dad. I have to do this. Um, and so I did. I went to college, got all my credentials and all that squared away and graduated. And Now, where'd you go to school? I went to school um, in White County. I started at Bonnie Croft and then, of course, the middle school and the high school. And then I graduated uh, from Tennessee Tech University okay. and I did their teaching program. Awesome. So you've yes. already always been in the Upper Cumberland area. Always been in the Upper Cumberland area, always been in uh, this community and been in this community ever since. So um, it's been a great experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, when you graduated from Tennessee Tech, then what happened? Um, after I graduated from Tennessee Tech, um, I started putting in applications, but I wasn't really hearing a lot back. I really wanted to stay in Putnam County. Mm-hmm. I'd considered going um, to Sparta, but something was just like keeping me in Putnam. As I was getting my degree, I worked at Jacob's Ladder uh, Preschool yeah. as a preschool teacher. Okay. Uh, worked there for four and a half years um, and loved the pre-K life and just getting to play with the kids and learn with, alongside them and 
um, all that good stuff and was just kind of taking my time. I was like, you know, if I get a job, great. If I don't, I'm just going to be a teacher (laughs) here with my little pre-K babies. And so um, wasn't really hearing anything back. And then I went to um, Washington, D.C. on a vacation to see my sister. Um, My husband had went on a deployment and I was looking for some adventure. So I went to her house and we were in the city uh, traveling and I got a uh, text message from Beth Gall, principal at Allgood Elementary School, and she had reached out and was like, will you come in for an interview? And I was like, well, I'm kind of, you know, in the subway. I can't make it um, right now. But if you'll wait on me, I would love to come in. And they decided to wait on me. So um, I got back from a trip two days later, went in for an interview first thing that morning. And then 10 minutes after I left, they called and was like, will you accept this leave of absence? And I was like, yes, I will. And so I did the leave of absence that year. This was back in 2018. You're filling in for somebody who had a leave of absence? Yes. Okay. Yes. And um, they decided to keep me. They were like, they saw some really amazing things and Mm. they bragged on me a lot. And they were like, we really want you to stay and be part of our AES family officially. Awesome. And so I was officially hired on and so that was a great experience um i loved my first year of teaching it was all all learning all the things yeah. you know kind of thrown into the deep end a little bit right. what grade <laughs> were you was, teaching i was teaching fourth grade so you taught fourth grade the whole time the whole time yeah. and the thing is i never knew that i would like fourth grade i always wanted the littles the kindergartners right. the first graders yeah. the close to the pre-k age and then they were like will you take fourth grade and i was like Yes. I feel like God's putting me here. This was my only interview for a reason. And so I'm going to take it. And I absolutely loved it. And I haven't looked back since. So teaching fourth grade, you're preparing them for middle school. Mm -hmm. It's their last year of elementary school. You know, they're really starting to to mature physically and, and, and all these things. So you you were at Jacob's Ladder Preschool. What kind of was it a big change going to the fourth grade and, and teaching fourth graders? It was a big change and just trying to make sure that I don't overdo it as far as meeting their needs because Mm -hmm. in pre-K they're exceptionally needy and you have to do a lot more for them. Um, And fourth graders, there are a lot more I can do for myself. So just finding that balance of what I do do for them and what I don't do for them was an exchange for sure. Um, But I will say Jacob's Ladder helped me um, with expectations of students and I was able to bridge that um, as far as learning goes with expectations and like behavior sure and so things you know in pre-k you have to be very consistent and very you know this 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 one two three step one two three you know and that helped me with my fourth graders too just being very specific with them and what my expectations were and setting those high expectations Um, and um, that's one of my I feel like that's one of my strengths is expectations and I lend that to Jacob's Ladder experience awesome. which is being consistent with those kiddos yeah well that's yeah. great well you know a, a lot of times especially recently you talk to third grade teachers and it's like oh you teach third grade you have to deal with third grade retention law but it's fourth grade teachers that actually have to deal with the retention law as well because now we're finding out that yes they may have been uh, elevated to the fourth grade but if they don't show improvement on their TCAP test, a certain percentage of improvement, yeah. they can be held back in fourth grade after going through tutoring, after going to summer school, after doing all the things that the law required them to do yeah. in third grade. Now they get to fourth grade and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, you might have to hold somebody back in fourth grade because of the the residual of this third grade retention law. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's got to be tough. It, it is tough. And what I've learned from that is to be very black and white with my grading. Mm-hmm. And this just comes with experience, but the expectations on your grading to be very clear with that and just to stay in communication with the parents on um, what the expectations are of the standard and if a child needs help, what do they need help and let the parents know and build that rapport and that relationship to let the parents know, hey, this is what's happening in the classroom. This is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm not seeing. This is where it's going to affect them along their road. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's work together and create a plan so that we can best meet the need of your child so that they aren't held back in at the end of this year so they can be very successful um, on the test and really show what they know because they know a lot. It's just that one test in which they need to show it right. in that one moment. And we want to help um, them to get there and to be able to do that. And um, so it's really just that communication between teacher and parent and then creating that plan for the child um, and working together. It's a reciprocal relationship where the teacher comes in and helps, but also the parents support the teacher Mm -hmm. and supports at home as well with the academic journey of the child. Is it aggravating or frustrating when you see a student that you know is getting it, that you know is learning, that you know is progressing, but yet come test time, they may not make that test score what can you do? I mean, you see it in the classroom, yeah. but then it comes down to a test score. Yeah, that is very frustrating. I have had instances where a child was was doing really well in the classroom, and they're the hardest worker I know, mm-hmm. and they want that so badly, but they just miss the mark by just a little bit. You just have to trust their journey, and they're not... I've learned to not reduce them to just a test yeah. and a test score Absolutely. and a test number. Yes. They, they're... This was one test in the grand scheme of things, right. and they're going to overcome it, and they're going to go beyond it, and they'll be like, what test in fourth grade? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I just hope that they can remember the good times that we had and mm-hmm. the learning that did occur, and they'll take that, you know, on with them as they move forward. Um, so they're, they're not a test score. Knowing that TCAP testing is four months away, I guess, do you start preparing your students now? I mean, are you doing things that's, that's trying to get them ready for that, yes. knowing, knowing how vital this test score is going to be for yes. fourth graders? Yes, we um, incorporate and spiral learning all throughout the year. In anything that we do, I have the same expectations that a TCAT would have. I have those same expectations on my daily classwork. Um, and we uh, look at our classwork and we see how does this reflect the TCAT so that they can know uh, what to expect. And we practice those strategies and those things all throughout the year. So when they do get to the TCAP test, it's not so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, for example, today in um, my writing RTI, we are practicing how to write an opinion essay. Um, that is something that they could do on the te- uh, TCAP test. Two articles, they have to read the two articles, break it down, and then write an opinion essay. <laughs> and so we have been reading articles about Santa Claus and which toy <laughs> he should um, give to the kids this year. Uh-huh. And it's between hovercrafts and bionic <laughs> arms. And we're in a big, huge debate. But we are we are going through that opinion writing essay process yeah. and breaking it down and looking at examples from past TCAP writers, scores, what makes them a four, what makes this person a one, comparing sure. so that they know what to expect on the TCAP test That's when awesome. it comes time. Yeah. So that definitely helps yeah. throughout the year. 
uh, opinionated columns. That they're going to be journalists is what they're going to be. Yeah, <laughs> I've got some journalists. They're very opinionated. <laughs> All right, I'm Buddy Pearson. You're listening to Local Matters with Alicia Cade. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. This is Local Matters with a focus on education. I'm Buddy Pearson, and Alicia Cade, the Putnam County Schools District Elementary School Teacher of the Year, is my guest. She teaches at All Good Elementary, and she is a Sparta girl. She is from White County who has settled in here in Putnam County. Yes, we drew one away from White County. <laughs> but uh, tell us a little bit about your family, and, and uh, you said your husband was deployed. Just tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, so my husband, his name is Matt. He is... Um, uh, part-time in the military. Uh, he's in the Army National Guard. Okay. Um, he is a staff sergeant, E6, um, and he absolutely loves it. Um, it's something that he's been in um, since, I believe, 2012, I think. Um, almost got his 20 years in. He's coming up on that mark, um, working really hard at it. He deployed back in 2018, 2019 on a NATO mission. Wow. Um, and deployed to Poland. So he was there. He was out of the country for eight months. Mm. Um, and so that was my very first year of teaching. Uh, <laughs> so I got to be all up, yeah. in in the classroom. Right, he yeah. was away right. um, and all that good stuff. Um, so, yeah, we've been uh, together for a really long time, married for uh, about five and a half years, I think. We got... Um, we eloped because he was about to ship off. Okay. <laughs> so we were Vegas? like, no, we didn't. We <laughs> went out into the woods and had our closest family members and said, I do. And awesome. it was really a really sweet time. Bittersweet. Sure. Knowing he was going to, you know, soon leave. Um, so, yeah. But yeah. He's Kids? Not not yet. Just a class full, right? Just a class full. I have 44 this year. Wow. Um, so they are my kids right now. We do have a first son, is what I call him, four-legged dog named Jackson. <laughs> He's our little boy right now. Uh-huh. Um, fluffy and just gets all the attention. Spoiled rotten. <laughs> so we love him. And his family and my family, they're all from Sparta, Tennessee, and... Um, my family, they, I grew up singing gospel music, uh, with the Cooper family. Awesome. Um, they go around the upper Cumberland sometimes to different churches. It used to several years ago. Now we don't as much, but, um, that was always a really, you know, great time. Um, but yeah, um, back to Matt, he, uh, owns his own business. He goes around servicing forklifts mm-hmm. for the community and different surrounding counties. Okay. Um, hardest worker I know. 
<laughs> he's the businessman. Um, and while I'm super dramatic, he's super grounded. So <laughs> compliment each other well. We do. We compliment each other very well. So yeah. Now you have forty four students. Yes. Forty four students. Do you know all their names? Yes, I do. Okay. That's, I do. That's impressive. Yes. You know, forty four I guess and you have forty four personalities that you have to deal with on a regular basis. On a regular basis, which can be at times hard to balance. So um that is one of the challenge uh challenges with having such diverse group of kids because they all are so different and they all come from different backgrounds, some similarities, but also very different from one another. So that is a challenge, but, um, I, I like a challenge. So I just do my best to connect with them, um, based on who they are as a person. And, um, but one thing that I noticed that goes across the board, no matter their personality, hard shell, soft shell, um, bubbly, not so bubbly, more straightforward logic is kindness bridges the gap right. between me and my student. And if they know that I care about them and I have that nurturing and that kindness, mm-hmm. um, they're open and they're receptive of me and what I have to say. And then that opens up the learning for them. Yeah. So. Um, definitely different personalities. Sure. Mm-hmm. Discipline issues uh, with fourth grade. I'm sure you have them. <laughs> yes. How, how do you deal with that? Um, I make my expectations very clear. Okay. And I just um, let them know that I this is what I expect in my classroom. These are the expectations. I, we uh, At the beginning of the year, we make up five rules um, for our class that our classroom functions by. And I'm just very straightforward forward with that. And I just communicate, you know, this is when you didn't meet the expectation. I like when you do this mm-hmm. instead. I try to always come at it with a positive yeah. um, and let them know what I notice that is really amazing about them. But then I always um, tell them and I'm honest with them about you know, their weakness and what they need to work on. Um, what something uh, All Good does um is a, a brave card on those tier two behavioral students who really struggle with behavior. Okay. And uh, it's kind of that card. It's a plan for them um, where they get scored based on the targeted behaviors that we're trying to help them get better at. And so um, I've had students have those brave cards and where I tally and we have those discussions. Um, this is what I saw. You did amazing today. This mm-hmm. is where we need to work on tomorrow. Right. Um, but tomorrow's a new day. And I try to always say, I forgive you um, for this, you know, um, because they need to show know grace. that they can mm-hmm. start over fresh. Yeah. Yes. I show, uh, sometimes I show too much grace. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, uh, it's definitely, I've had some hard times with discipline. The behaviors can be different. Uh, from student to student, it depends on their trauma. It depends on their situation. Um, and sometimes it just depends on their opinion of school and their opinion of teaching and teachers. And sometimes all it takes is building that relationship with them that um, can change your entire world in the classroom as far as discipline goes. So I believe in making um, strong relationships and letting them know, I care about you. Yeah. Let's get to the bottom of why you're treating me like this or treat or treating work like this or what is it that lies underneath. And I'm here to help you figure it out because I'm on your team. Yeah. 
just simply saying, I'm I'm your teammate. It, it really helps that rapport. Um, and then also communicating with the parents. Yeah. And just saying, hey, me, mom and dad, we've talked about this. We're all on the same page right. and we don't accept this. Yeah. Um, we believe these are the amazing things about you. You're brilliant. You can you have the potential to go so far. Let's let's make this happen this year. And it's turned students around. Is it hard getting in touch with the parents these days, or is it easier because you have text, phone, emails, that kind of thing? In the past, it has been hard to contact parents. It varies group to group. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I have an ama- amazing parents. They're all very much involved. They're all they all care about their child's education. They're reaching out. So and so is struggling with this. How can I help them at home? They're very supportive. And I think the third grade retention law yeah. has. Cr- helped create that culture of now parents are more aware right. of what's going on and they have to be at this point. Um, and so that's helped um, take some off the teacher. So the teacher's not the only one having to go, Hey, so-and-so is struggling. Um, can we come up with a plan? They're very involved. Um, I've got uh, parents that are just so sweet and <laughs> so supportive yeah. and it's been amazing. Um, we have the Remind app nowadays. Can get a little hard because it's um, accessed twenty four seven. Yeah. <laughs> so it opens up that right. conversation. You might want to go home. You might want to relax, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you start getting notifications from your mind, and it's yeah. you know, little Billy's yeah. mom who's wanting to talk about his grade. And yeah. yeah. So I try to. I give them work hours. I'm like, this is when I'm at work. This right. is when I'm available. Yeah. But I try to set really some set some boundaries in a respectful way, yeah. and that way I just protect my own mental health. I yes. protect my um, home and my marriage and, you know, my social life and things like that. So there's a time for work, um, <laughs> you know, and there's a time to, you know, have your other life and be personal. Not that you don't care. Right. But yeah. I'm Buddy Pearson. You're listening to Local Matters with Alicia Cade. And this is Local Matters with a focus on education. I'm Buddy Pearson. We're talking with Alicia Cade, a fourth grade teacher at Allgood Elementary. She was recently named the Putnam County School District Elementary Teacher of the Year. And I know during your interview, one of the things that came up was something that you had maybe started or implemented since you've been at All Good. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, something that I have uh, stepped into since I've been at All Good Elementary School is the FCA mm-hmm. um, club. Uh, which is Fellowship Christian Athletes. Um, I started in 2018. The club actually started in 2015 at All Good Elementary. Mm -hmm. Um, I came in um, and helped support. Her name is Kelly Phillips. Um, And she had her testimony as FCA was a huge part of her life ever since she was seven years old. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to do it at the middle school. Then my principal was like, you know what, let's do it here at All Good Elementary School, you know, once a month. And so we were actually the first elementary school in Putnam County to start up Fellowship Christian Athletes as elementary side. So uh, that's really exciting. Um, I think I went to my first FCA meeting, and I I didn't grow up in FCA. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know about the club until it was almost too late in high school, or I would have probably definitely been a part of it. So as soon as I heard that All Good was doing it, I was like, I've got to go to this club. And I told Kelly, I said, I'm all in. I want in. Um, And so she was like, absolutely. And so we started uh, working on it and building it up um, from there. And now Mm -hmm. we, um, we went from like 
30 or 40 students total to now we are hosting about 130 kids once a month in our multi-purpose room um it's amazing It it is great we have 36 fourth grade FCA leaders. So when you get to fourth grade, you get to step into leadership position. You get to pray um, over the kids in the meeting. You uh, One gets to share their favorite Bible verse and read it. And then they get to be door greeters, hold signs that yeah. say, you belong here. You're welcome here. Come to FCA. Um, and they just go around and be the hands and feet of Jesus that morning. Um, we get to play our worship music and just enjoy some fellowship <laughs> yeah. with some uh, kids. Um, it's a great time. And then we also have uh, speakers come from outside of the community. So pastors and student pastors, and um, they come and share lessons on mm-hmm. Jesus Um to try to reach students who maybe don't get to learn about Jesus in a church setting. Um, and so we try to meet them where they're at. Sure. One really cool thing about last year was we got the Tennessee Tech baseball team. Yeah. Uh, a member of the team got to come and share his faith and what it looked like to be a baseball player of a college and still have faith. Wow. And what that meant for him yeah. and how he stayed close to God, even through playing uh, such an intense sport and uh, doing his duties for that team, but also staying faithful to God as a Christian. And so that was a really exciting thing. So many students were able to connect with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a really fun and exciting thing to see. Um, and uh, now we get to do it on Friday afternoons as a branch off of our leaps program it's now called the good news club oh yeah and um, we have volunteers that come from a church in the, our community, Stephen Street Baptist Church. They come and they love on the kids. And they talk with them and they bring prizes and snacks. Wow. And they teach them about um, the love of Christ and how he died on the cross. And it is just a really great and fun time um, to share the good news and yeah. the gospel of Jesus. They get to do that every week? They get to do it every week, every wow, Friday. That's awesome. Yeah, and kids want to stay at school on a Friday afternoon, yeah. which is so crazy. <laughs> Normally they're ready to get home. They, yeah, and they love to come and they love to be loved on by those volunteers yeah. and encouraged and to learn about the love of God. And so it's definitely taking our school culture and it's flipping it upside down with just positive things are overflowing. Um, and so it is definitely my heart to continue the FCA club at Allgood Elementary. Uh, Kelly has now kind of stepped into a new season. Mm -hmm. So I've been at the forefront of leading it. Um, And then along with my co-chair, Olivia Taboo, um, she's a first grade teacher. Her and I uh, coincide along each other. And we really want this uh, program to just take off because we know that students need Jesus and they need the love and the kindness and the goodness that he exemplifies and I want them to know that that's who they can run to um, in times of trouble mm-hmm. and in times of need. And so um, it's a big deal for me. It's my, my elementary school is my mission field. So. Well, you talk about you saying gospel. Uh, you mentioned that earlier in the show. So did you do that as a young lady, as a girl, as, you know, what, what did you grow up in church? I mean, is that, yeah. was that your background? Yes. I was blessed to grow up in church with a family who already loved Jesus mm-hmm. and went to church every time the church door, doors were open. And we even went to other churches and other communities and sung gospel songs for them. And um, ever since I was 
knee-high to a bullfrog <laughs> standing up on the microphone box yeah. um, with my little booklet of words, and I would <laughs> sing uh, gospel songs and soundtracks. Um, so it was a good time. And then now I am actually a worship uh, leader at uh, Life Church. Okay. So I sing worship at Life Church, and you'll see me up there on stage sometimes because I do believe God's put a, another calling on my life for that as well. But definitely to make disciples of the nations is yeah. that first calling. So I'm going to use whatever platform I have to give them glory, whatever that might be. And I know you, you're you very passionate about this, and I can tell in the way it's growing, you said it's flipped the culture at all good. Yes. What would you say to other schools uh, about this? I mean, I'm sure you would encourage them to try something like this. Oh, my goodness. I would encourage other schools to get this going ASAP because students are just begging me, when is FCA? Mm -hmm. When is FCA? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're wanting to come because they're leaving, they're feeling encouraged, they're Mm -hmm. feeling loved on. Mm -hmm. Um, We have so many teachers that come in the first Thursday of every month and they love on the students. And it's just an amazing atmosphere to walk into Um, that type of environment where the kids know that they're loved and they're pursued and they're learning about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords um, who is never going to stop pursuing them. And so um, one student looked up to me. We had the worship music going. She's eating breakfast. She's having the best time with her her (laughs) friends. And the speaker's about to start. And she just looked up to me and she was just like, I love FCA, Miss Kate. I never want to leave here. I never want to leave this place. And one student last year, we had a fourth grader who was going through troubled times Mm -hmm. and had very low Mm self-esteem. And it was to the point where she wanted to take her life. Oh, wow. She became a huge part of FCA, and we just encouraged her to come. And she started coming to the meetings. And then this year we found out she is a regular attendee at at a church, and she got baptized. And she was sharing those photos and it took her being invited and reached out to and yeah. loved and pursued. And she saw that through us. She saw Jesus through us, not to give us credit. It's all, you know, for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's changed her life. And um, I'm just so thankful that we have this club for students to come because we all need love. Sure. You see these students and you've got 44 of your own. What do you see is the biggest issue facing public education today? Mm, The biggest issue I see is just teachers leaving the profession, Mm -hmm. amazing teachers. They're burnout and they're frustrated and they are just leaving in droves. And I would tell those teachers to stay and to keep fighting for our kids, um, despite the culture and the way that it's going. Um, But one thing that helps me stay is my faith. Mm -hmm. One thing that helps me and pushes me is um, having that relationship with Jesus Mm -hmm. and how I know that he is a lamp unto my feet um, and a light unto my path. And he's put things in my life and these children. I'm just so thankful to get to go to an elementary school where I'm just surrounded by these little babies (laughs) who I get to love. And then I get loved back by them and it's just it's just sweet and so whenever I'm faced with the obstacles of what teaching has for me because there are so many obstacles um on a teacher's plate and 
things that we have to overcome. But I just always try to remember this is my mission. If I could lead one soul to Jesus Christ, it beats any test score any day um, (laughs) because that's what I feel like I'm on this planet to do. So I have to keep a kingdom mindset. Um, So um, if you're a teacher and you're you're needing some hope or you're wondering if you should stay, you should stay and you should get to know the love of Jesus and then you should make it your mission field <laughs> is what I would say. Do you get with other teachers? Do you, do you all share your in your faith and, and yes. get to share that a little bit? Oh, yes. So uh, Olivia and I sat down over the summer and we mm-hmm. were like, well, let me back up. About a year ago, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to start doing prayer walks. We were up against, we're up against the culture. Uh, the enemy wants to take the mindset of our children and turn it for negative and dark thoughts and darkness to surround our students. And I was like, no, I just felt the Holy Spirit saying we're going to fight back. And um, so I was, I talked to them. I was like, let's do these prayer walks. We need to pray over our teachers. The burnout culture is so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started walking around the school every Monday morning and we would lay hands on teachers doors and we would pray over teachers and just praying that the Lord would be their source of energy and their source of strength and, um, that the students would learn. Um, and so we started doing that. And then this summer it kind of, uh, unfolded into this uh, teacher Bible study. It's called Mm -hmm. Teachers in the Word. And we did a Bible study together where we got together and we fellowshiped. We ate snacks and encouraged one another and, you know, talked about through Bible verses, how can we apply this teaching of Jesus into our classroom and our daily walk as a teacher? And so, um, and now we get to meet uh, of an afternoon after school hours and talk to each other and encourage and pray for one another in the hardships. And it just builds this bond mm-hmm. because we know what each other is facing. Sure. Um, and we can encourage one another through those things, good times and struggling times. And so it's made for an amazing culture in our school, awesome. positively. Uh, very positive talk here with Alicia Cade. Thank you so much for being with yeah. us. Congratulations on being Thank the, the PCSS Elementary School Teacher of the Year. Woo-hoo. and. Good luck to you throughout the year. Thank you so much. And that's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everyone, and God bless.